0: All right, this is our very first League Yay. 24 podcast. Today's guest. <laughs> oh. <So, sighs> today's guest, the defending champ, seven-time fantasy football league winner, Mr. Manager himself, Stephen Chakarian.
1: Good to be here. Thank you very much. You yeah, got man. Thanks for being here. So, fantasy football uh, season.
0: It's finally here. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Starting tomorrow, I guess. feeling about your team this year? I feeling strong, actually. Uh, not, I'd say uh, about a 7 out of 10.
0: Okay. 7 out of 10 to start the year. Um... Almost a third of the seasons we have been doing this, you have found a way at the very end to come out on top. Uh, frustrating managers, uh, people trying to take you down, and we just can't seem to do it. Steve, the people want to you know, know I what is your secret? I knew I was coming on to this thing, and
2: I actually you know, debated how much I wanted to
1: divulge. And I decided that, you know whenever you hear other people's thoughts
2: about how they go about their fantasy team, you usually just decide, oh, okay, that's rubbish. So I have a number of principles I try to follow. Um, at least these are my principles at the moment. They might've been different three years ago. They might be different
1: for years in the future. Uh I'm happy to lay some of them out if you want to hear them. Uh, yeah, so
0: you don't need to give us, you know, give away all the family secrets, but just give us a little bit, a little peek behind the curtain. What's, what's, uh, well, what, what goes into that secret Here's sauce? one thing. Um,
2: at least when it comes to the draft, I really try to stay balanced. And to the point where I wondered how long I've felt that way. And I looked at, I would think I went eight years back. And going back eight years, I have, my first three picks were c- included a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. Every year for the past eight years.
1: So that's one little detail, I suppose. Um, I haven't seen
0: Got a little foundational formula there. Make sure you get you get yeah, some top guys at each to of the positions. Outsmart myself, basically.
2: I have a number of other thoughts. Uh, another, a number of other principles. Uh, I think for our league in particular, but also for all
1: leagues, that
2: quarterbacks are more important than they uh, have been given
1: credit for.
2: Uh, I actually think running backs are arguably less important, but often I come out of the draft with practically nothing at running back, so that uh so that that little philosophy sometimes doesn't
1: work out. But those are a couple a couple of uh, peaks behind the curtain of uh, how I think. Yeah.
0: yeah, perfect. Awesome. And especially in our league um where you have two quarterbacks Uh, you get, you get generous points for, uh, passing yard bonuses over, you know, 300, over 400, six points for throwing touchdowns. Quarterbacks are, and and I know we've talked about this in the past in our league. I think that quarterbacks reflect the value of, uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. You can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. And and I think the same is true for our league. Honestly,
2: for a long time, I've thought that standard scoring is ridiculous. You know, where, I mean, if fantasy football was invented today, uh, if, if, if it was invented today and, you know, the inventors gave it a whirl and they were like, okay, um, Cam Akers is getting picked in, like, the second round and Pat Mahomes is getting picked in the eighth round, something's wrong. You know, something's wrong with the scoring. We got to we gotta change it. Uh, yeah. So I felt that way for a while. For the first time, honestly, actually, uh, I, I consume a lot of, uh, not a lot, but a fair amount of uh, media on fantasy football, mostly through podcast form, actually. And this is the first year I've ever heard uh, media personalities griping about that exact fact, finally acknowledging that something is off with the scoring. A lot of people are now going with what they call super flex, which allows for a second QB or they're saying, you know, or a two QB league, which we've known all along. Um, But I love it. You know, you get, uh, yeah, it, it took our league a little while, but we caught on like a decade ago. And finally, you know, you've
1: got five, six quarterbacks going in the first round, as it should be, I think. Exactly. Four, four of the first
0: five picks this year were quarterbacks. And I, I think it, it's actually one of the challenging things um, to prepare for, for draft season in our league when virtually none of the rankings that you see out there uh, have that many quarterbacks going quickly. I, I always feel that draft day is a little bit of a surprise. There's always a little bit of a scramble, um, and I, I think I think QBs have, have a that, big part to do with it. That aspect of our, our league,
2: and I'm honestly a little fearful that that would change if two QB leagues catch on as the norm, because there's no telling what's going to happen on draft day, because the All of the rankings and the mock drafts just don't give you an accurate idea of what's going to happen in
1: our league. And it's all the better for it, I think. Right, right. And I
0: don't have um, any sort of scientific uh, proof of this, but I wonder, uh, because everyone in our league has either three or four QBs coming out of the draft I wonder if those with four QBs are people trying to hedge their bets and you know, wait on QB earlier on and try to say like, oh, i'll I'll, I'll pick up the Baker Mayfields of the world, the Zach Wilsons of the world, the Davis Mills of the world later on. And I, I've gone that route before. What I've ended up with is just like a kind of crappy QB, uh, uh, QB QB roster. And I always wish I had just gone. Yeah, it's sort of like QBs overcompensating
2: uh, later in the draft, you know, to be like, well, I'll pick up these three guys late. And, you know, one of them is bound to pan out. I think it's hard because there are a lot of sort of nothing uh, player, nothing quarterbacks in the NFL who are running, who are uh, big time running. Quarterbacks and they can actually yield uh, good results. Like Tim Tebow was like a pretty resp- pretty good fantasy uh, quarterback. But on the other hand, you pick up a guy like Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. Like, I think he's going to make some noise, have a good year. You know, like last year I had Urban Meyer not been there, of course. Uh, but, well, it- no. You know, oh, yeah, be I expect a podcast three-part back and all of that. Um, but a successful rookie campaign could be like pretty negligible from a fantasy point of view. Um, that's another feeling I have with the draft and why I like to target. That's why I picked a QB first overall, is I've been just burned many times before on running backs. I know there are only so many bell cow running backs. I know my top two running backs are basically in committees, and they're going to get like half the carries on their team. But, um, yeah, and uh, I mean, yes, well, we the right now, uh, aforementioned uh, top pick quarterback for me was Justin Herbert. I'm sure we'll delve into that. But my top two running backs are Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos, and AJ Dillon of the Green Bay Packers.
1: Nope. I guess I don't need to name the team. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: all right, so you you actually read my mind. Let, let's let's talk about your team. You had the number 1 overall pick for 7th you know, year uh out of the past 24. Uh you had your 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 pick of the litter. You could pick anybody in the draft, any quarterback you were excited as hell, I know, to pick So Justin I'm Herb. a big what believer in there? going with your gut,
2: and we're here to have fun. You know, a lot of times in, uh, in fantasy football media, you know, they say, you know, you're here to win. You want to win your league. I'm also here to have fun. And I, ju- in, just yeah. in general, I like Justin Herbert. I find his, I like players who just, or anyone, coaches too who just seemed like a big kid, just brimming with enthusiasm. Uh, Lamar Jackson feels that way to me. He just seems like a big, sweet kid, like playing football, having fun. Uh, The coach of the Lions, Dan Campbell, he, uh, I don't know if you've seen Hard Knocks this year, but he seems like he's just having fun. Uh, You know, Justin Herbert, he's the shiny new thing. He's, uh, he's basically Pat Mahomes three years ago. And, what really I thought, what went into my head is year three is Hughes
1: just seems primed for a big bust out season. Um,
0: he had, I mean, he has he has historically had so so his rookie year he threw the most touchdowns ever for a, uh, for a rookie. That was with a sixteen game season. Uh, through two seasons, he uh, he broke Dan Marino's record for most. Uh, touchdowns thrown. Granted, that was with the with the extra game, but nonetheless, um, has the record now through two seasons. Broke five thousand yards uh, last year. His uh, third year. What, I, what do you see him doing? Well,
2: I to be honest, I can't remember how many yards he threw for last year, but I'd say that five thousand yards is in the cards. He's a gaudy stat machine, you know. But else that I'll set off like let's say forty seven hundred yards. I think he'll top forty touchdowns. I think he's going to run more. Uh, He only had about 320-ish rush yards versus Josh Allen's something like 700. I would expect Josh Allen's numbers to come down a bit. I expect Herbert's
1: to crawl up a bit. So they'll be a little equal there. And, and was and was that the difference
0: maker there? Because Josh Allen, widely regarded in fantasy circles as the number one talent, people are calling him the potential MVP. People are looking at the Bills uh, as a Super Bowl team. Uh, what was the difference there? In in and and maybe Allen wasn't your your uh, second QB uh, on your list, but like what was the difference there? That uh, would uh, that honestly, it there?
2: just comes back to the fun factor. Where uh, I had. Sometimes you get a great season from a player, and you, at least I, I get a great season from a player, and I kind of just want to cut bait, cut ties with them. Uh, thinking, like, well, I think I got their best. That's obviously very premature for a guy like Josh Allen, who's entering his fourth
1: season. He's probably going to be amazing for another decade. But, um, I, Josh Allen would have been
2: good. He it would have been a fine, fine pick. I just, uh, it goes back to the fun factor. I just, Justin Herbert seems like a fun player, fun guy to watch.
1: And uh, I just wanted to have that rooting interest, I think.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, agreed. Goes back to having fun. So, so speaking of which, as you look across uh, the rest of your team, um, thinking of, of how the draft went, who are you particularly Let's happy see. that you landed this year? Oh, okay. Uh I
2: one player I'm actually really excited about, and again, it might be because I watched uh Hard Knocks is Amon Ra. No, not Jared Goff. <laughs> Amon Ross, yeah. Not not Jared Goff, uh Amon <laughs> Ross St. Brown, th- who has I think the coolest nickname in the NFL, the Sun God. Uh uh, he yeah, yeah. had a good rookie season. Um, that really, you know, he caught fire towards the end. But I didn't know much about him, uh, and but then I saw him on Hard Knocks. And a couple things: he just seems like a locked-in guy. He seems like he is very serious about his craft. He is also fucking ripped. His father yeah. was two-time mr universe and and he has been lifting weights since he was 12 and his uh his dad was featured heavily on the show and he went off about guys like kevin durant i have a question for kevin durant when was the last time you did a calf raise you gotta work out the whole body that's how you avoid injury so uh i think it goes without saying that anytime i mention injury uh uh, I'm hoping not to jinx it. But um, it just makes me confident that he will avoid injury. Um, and he just seems like a locked-in guy. I am also bullish about Jared Goff. I think he is actually underrated. He, I also have Goff. I don't plan I don't on playing golf him much. You. But, you know, he's going to be feeding the ball to uh, the sun god. And, um, yeah, I'm a believer in Goff. He, he took a team to the Super
1: Bowl. And he wasn't carried there. He was an MVP candidate that year. I mean, he was good. Um,
0: and I think as far as third QBs go, solid. And, and the Lions just like they have something different about them this year. And and it's funny because like they could still go like win six games, and it would and it would still feel exciting. I I think that's the that's the Dan Campbell effect. But like. I, I too went into this year like kind of excited. I, I don't think I I didn't land anyone from Detroit, but like I could kind of see getting yeah. just about anyone and, from Detroit uh, on my team. I it, they're thirteen and three,
2: three and thirteen. Last year was a good three and thirteen, if that is possible.
1: Um, so I'm excited about uh, Amon Ra Aiden Brown. Um. I
2: am. I continue to be rather bullish on my pedestrian, or I should say, on my uh, stellar wide receivers who are on pedestrian offenses. You got your, you got scary Terry stuck on the Commanders. You got DK Metcalf stuck on the Seahawks. Uh, Then you got Sun God stuck on the Lions. Those three,
1: yeah, and and of course Darnell Mooney. Mooney. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was that intentional or did the Jets? You know, I was not fall to that particularly
2: way? enamored with the top talent at wide receiver after the first seven picks or so. And neither were or the first, the top seven wide receivers. And neither were you, it seems, because you certainly waited a long time to take a receiver. Um, CeeDee lamb was the last top tier receiver that I won after that. I think it was Mike Evans who I don't know. He's got to be like a hundred years old right by now. And I just feel a little weird juju coming from the bucks. You know, I think it's, I know nobody
1: ever got rich betting against Tom Brady, but I was thrown by the whole retire and retire thing. Um,
0: There's the retirement. There's leaving camp for 11 days. There's their uh, starting center getting, um, you know, season-ending knee injury during training camp. There's Bruce Arians all of a sudden leaving, and there. I, I agree. There's there's a lot weird, of weird stuff. Um, there's weird. Jiu-jitsu. And then
2: you got uh, then um, the yeah. receiver drops. The receiver list drops to I think next in the rankings was Michael Pittman, who by all accounts is legit but i don't know who this guy is you know like he's what four receivers after justin jefferson i mean uh you know it's like i'm not gonna spend a second third round pick on this guy you know
1: i'm uh yeah so i waited before i do that shit i had no interest in these what i think are top
2: flight receivers on bad teams but it got so late in the draft and i thought well shit he's still dk metcalf you know he's still scary terry uh darnell mooney was my one pick that i that was sort of my experts pick they're all talking him up i was like yeah 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 but you know I think it was pretty late. It might have, not quite double digits, but maybe the eighth round. And I thought, yeah, all right, somebody's got to catch the ball. And That's
1: the whole philosophy with these guys. Someone has to catch the ball. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So we'll, we'll see how, uh, how that wide receiver core um, plays out this year. And I agree. You, you put that phrase on it. Someone's got to pass the ball or someone's got to catch the ball there. Um, flip side of it, when you look at your, your roster as a whole, um, any, I don't want to say regrets, but any any picks that you might have had, uh, you might have wanted to take take back, or a strategy that afterward you thought eh, I you might have gone about it in a different way.
2: <laughs> Not particularly enthused about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, no one should be in fantasy or in real life.
1: No, the seats aren't. even and you clowned me that Clyde
2: picked him and. Uh, I'm specifically I feel like since the draft all I've heard is how they're already fitting Damian Pierce for his uh Hall of Fame jacket, so kinda regret missing uh missing the boat on that one. But but I'm happy to talk myself into Clive yeah. Edwards Hilaire, who doesn't even have a nickname
1: for that long ass name. Uh
0: he has learned it. He has not earned it. You know, he he was one of those, like, and, and draft busts happen, like, first-round busts happen all the time. He was on that LSU championship with um, mm. Justin Jefferson, Is Jamar Chase. Or, uh, Burrow, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Joe um, Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. He's Ch- not bad. He was their starting running back. He's not bad. He's like, not like Sony he, he, uh, and uh
2: And... I mean, I don't know how much this does for me this year, but the only running back I can recall where he showed up to the league as a high draft pick and it was like, oh, this guy doesn't have it. But then he kind of panned out later in his career was Mark Ingram, and that was very strange. So, but, uh, I don't know. What am I going to get from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this year? Like, 600 yards rushing and, like, four touchdowns. I don't know. So,
1: that one not particularly enthused about. Uh Rashad White was a late
2: pick. He is a you know, I said I'm down on the bucks, but he is a sort of pass catching rookie running back. I'm just kinda hoping things get a little wonky with the offense there and he catches uh about a zillion
1: dump offs from Tom Brady. That's my hope, you know how. Sort of fills that James White role. Yeah. Yeah, and it's tough. You
0: know, I think it's it's tough to be too down on one of those late round picks. It's like they're they're all dart throws. Like if they're if they were going to be studs, they would have gone earlier. So like I I can't get too down on a late round pick like that. Um, Steve, let's let's transition to uh, real football. Um, what is what is one compelling on field or off field? Storyline mm. in the NFL uh, this year. uh let's I would love to see Lamar put
2: up another mVP caliber season he I think he
1: i just he's still underrated it's insane, you know like just to compare a guy like yeah
2: another him to another often running uh quarterback like Kyler. I'm not surprised Kyle gets injured he's like he's making it up as he goes along. Lamar seems like he's in complete control of everything when he's running. Everything's just in a lot of designed runs,
1: okay. so uh that is something I would like to see um i I think also he's like a good guy. his heart is in the right place. I don't
2: know how it's proceeding uh, in terms of he's just going to play
1: without a contract lined up. Um, but I just have faith in
2: all parties there, in his side and the Ravens organization, that they're going to act in good faith. They, I mean, this is the organization that gave Joe Flacco a – you're not that good, but you just want us a Super Bowl. So here's a big,
1: here's a lot of money contract. Um, it doesn't bother yeah. me. It doesn't concern me. Um, I think everyone is on the same page there. But these things take time. It's money.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I would be more. I mean, and as a Ravens fan, hoping like hell he he signs. Um. I would be a little more concerned, but like if I was in in Lamar's camp, I'd be a little more concerned. But what we saw a couple of years ago was Dak went into the season on the franchise tag. People are like, Oh, he should have taken whatever the Cowboys were giving. Uh, were are offering him gruesomely. He gruesome. He injured himself like bad. He was injured, injured bad, And, and still sets yeah, close to a, a record breaking contract. So it's like, if you're a quarterback, if you're a top-tier quarterback in this league, unless you have a career-ending injury, people are ponying up for you. Whether it's going to be the Ravens or some other team, and I hope again, whether it's in the next week before the season starts or at some point later, it's the Ravens. But like, uh, Lamar's going to get his back.
2: It is. A, it's a new day with. Uh, so I would say that there is a little more risk with Lamar because he is he his superpower is his running. So I suppose he could. people could be scared off by something like, uh, you know, torn ACL and MCL. But it's a new day when it comes to uh, medical
1: science. And these just aren't career-enders anymore, you know? So barring the worst possible injury, even that, I mean, yeah, he's going to get paid. I have no doubt he's going to get paid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, an article I read some time ago was that part of the reason he keeps getting overlooked is because there's no mold for him. Like, he's one of one. And you mm-hmm. had him his breakout year, his MVP season. I mean, you know that more than, than yeah, anyone. And there no I remember
2: was there. Uh, when we were drafting that year, I think I got him in the eighth round or so. And. I don't follow college football that closely, but I was sitting there and I was like, am I crazy? Or I remember this guy being like a superhero alien in college doing incredible things. Like, and he's finally about to get the starting job. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a shot. You know? Um, I, and he's, I mean, I don't think there's any speculation that he's not going to stay with the Ravens. Um, um, but it just seems like such a perfect marriage between him and
1: John Harbaugh. You know, it's, I, I mean, I he has a unique skill set. And I love the offense they've set up for him. And, and uh, you know, it's run heavy, but the, it's just its perfect, really.
2: You know, they're not afraid to use him uh, as he should be used, which is, you know, 15 design runs a game. And he doesn't seem to have any, uh, he doesn't seem to have any ego issues with that. It seems like every time a, not every time, but often a running
1: quarterback is really good. Then he says, I don't want to run anymore. Uh, You're on camera,
0: right? Yeah. No, he, he is a unique weapon uh, for sure. Uh, Stebo, bring us home here. Your your upcoming matchup, week one, you are playing uh, Brendan, the Crooked Commish himself, who is favored by two. What message do you have for ah, your opponent this um, week? Let's see. I'm not much for trash talk.
2: But uh, <laughs> it
1: probably isn't what you're looking for. But if you beat me, it means nothing. It's a long season.
0: <laughs> Perfect, man. Perfect. Steve-O, thanks for making the time. Appreciate you being the first guest here. Um, good luck this season. I don't really good mean it, but as too. a host, I have and to I I say actually such things. I, I like it to be sporty. I-
1: Class act. Steven Chikarian. Appreciate it, brother.